All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is uh, John Banda, and uh, my guest uh, is uh, Mr. Zombie uh, Tafadza. And uh, my co host, uh, Nyashen Gundu, is also available. He's on time this time. And uh, yeah, this is uh, episode four of uh, the Bandan Gundu podcast. And uh, it's still so until. Into. Yeah, and it's, it's done. It's a- welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the BNN. Oh, wait, wait. BTEC, BTEC. Welcome, everyone, to the NNBJ podcast. And no, BJ does not stand for blowjob. Uh, <laughs> the fourth of the BNNN blowjob network podcast with your host, Nash and Banda, with our special guests, uh, guest, I guess, Zombie, the undead guy or as he likes to be called tears zombie known as transsexual zombie so yes we 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 are inclusive we are an inclusive podcast we do not discriminate yes yes and enjoy oh cool so over to you zombie so tell 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 us more about yourself uh who you are let the the audience know who is zombie all right, thanks for having me, guys. So, yeah. Uh, basically, um, I'm a mangaka, right? Uh, for those who don't know what a mangaka is, is um, I'm a comic artist, right? So, yeah. I write and draw horror comics, thriller, crime. Yeah. I can draw almost everything. I can write almost everything, but you know, tragedy is tragedy is my poison. So, yeah. But I'm a really nice guy underneath <laughs> all that. Uh, okay, I, <laughs> yeah. mean, I mean, I, I know I'm a lot of serial killers say that right, before they, they, you know, they butcher the shit out of the victim, you know. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Well, you can't completely, completely trust me, can you? Yeah. See, you're saying it already, so you have to be careful. <laughs> so, oh, so what got you to drawing horror comics and violent shit? Because I've I've checked out some of your material. Like, uh, it kind of reminds me, like, if I don't know if you've read uh, Todd McFarlane's uh, first issues of Spawn. I think it was issue number five. One of the pedophile guy abduct kids, like using his acid truck, and then. Uh, you know, the MDC. Uh, like the same amount of rage that was in that chapter. Like I can kind of sense it in like in your comics. So it's like, yeah, you really go violent. Paradox from what I've read. So are, are you a violent person, or, or is like art like your your avenue for expressing your rage? No, I'm not violent. As I said, I'm a nice guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I, when I was younger, I used to have some anger issues and all of that, you know, so okay. instead of taking it out on myself, I decided, you know, to use, com- to use art to vent, okay. which, which gave birth to horror comics. Okay. It's like your, your brand of horror is... I'm blessed to do with uh, okay, like, 
you know in horror you have like the stuff that's driven by fear then you, you the stuff is driven by i think it's called uh i think like you no know, the slasher horrors or those horrors where it's just have to, it's mostly violence and like intense characters and like the, the human psyche people clashing with each other um but the nice thing about i think for those who haven't read like imagery is that okay it, it does delve into the psychological but it's not it's not there for the sake of being there because like I, I have consumed like media it's like rapid and pointless where like people just get destroyed or killed for no reason and it's like bands for the sake of bands but yeah but yeah, I, it, I can say that there's a lot of rage in your comics yeah but let's explore that okay so you, when you're young you're angry you're now older wait how old are you um 22 <laughs> oh you're 22 all right cool yeah uh so i'm guessing this rage was from when like like in your teens before you, you were like yeah early early high school early high school uh, and yeah and what do you think caused that rage to arise if you want to uh, if you want to get personal <laughs> <laughs> okay so um usually i was i didn't like talking i still don't like talking a lot you know so if if usually when i got angry i would let all that anger pile up pile up you know and as a result i became short-tempered you know but luckily i never really hurt anyone I was actually a danger to myself oh. with all that rage rather than okay. other rather than other people. I see. Okay. Uh, Alright, cool. So what was that, Yasha? Okay. I, he's breaking up a bit. Anyways, uh so okay, so now I have an idea of what caused like your your rage. So let's now get into like the comics now. So when did you I guess start drawing? Or at least because I know that you, you you now make a living through your art, right? Like you're a artist and also you do commissions. Yeah. Okay. So when did you start? I think drawing seriously or, or taking the stuff seriously. <laughs> Um, I actually started taking it seriously early in high school. Yeah, at first, right after primary school, I ju- I I used to just do fan fiction and stuff. Okay. But um, in my early years of high school, I started creating. And then after that, I found out that I can actually make a career out of this. So immediately after high school, I was like no varsity for me i'm doing this shit straight up yeah that's a bold choice to make at a young age um <laughs> let me ask uh okay well, first of all what made you okay so was this just a like a leap of faith or you only believe that you would actually make uh, a living through your art because i know i know that manga especially in japan like well, we don't live in Japan, but I know like like you know if you're very talented, like you have like success stories where a young artist would draw something. I know that uh, the creator of One Piece, H.O. Oda, 
submitted a one shot back in the day when he was 17 years old and um well, of course he didn't start serializing but he became like an assistant to some you know you know the usual you become an assistant you learn the, the trade yeah you work on your own comic then you can stop leeching off your senpai and you can become your own man you know, make your own shit instead of being that assistant who probably doesn't get credited for most of the work that we you know we gloss up because we both know i like i know you for most of your art by yourself but most of those manga, manga even though they are skilled like you never know some of the the best art that you're liking is actually by product of the assistance so, yeah i've seen i've seen a lot of them yeah all right cool okay so anyway so um, i guess I, i'm in track of the actual subject so okay so what made you you know believe that you could do it because i know that you live in zimbabwe you're you're, you're from bulawayo right if i'm not mistaken yes. yes okay uh is your family like are they into art or are they conservative like oh like because oh, no. usually like you know some people be like what you wanna draw comics and not go to university what's up with that okay so um first of all uh it wasn't really a leap of faith um i wasted a lot of my a level time doing extensive research so i did a lot of research to be sure that i can actually break into the industry right so yeah and i used that soon after after high school i realized that there was I, I i had to get a job first to get me off the ground so that i could i could be able to fund myself i fully fund myself no one else funds me so yeah okay uh, so what, uh, what job what job did you get i i was i was a cook at a restaurant oh that's so my you... hand name of course <laughs> oh okay did you okay well you don't have to name it but uh did you enjoy being a cook or it was a terrible experience okay um i actually love cooking so so you're an artist in this yeah <laughs> yeah ah, so yeah i did enjoy the job but it, it was mentally training because of all the politics and stuff but i realized oh. that i had to i had to rough it out if i wanted you know okay. to build a foundation for my career all right cool and uh, that's that's interesting and you are when you started doing that um i was 19 ah this is yeah, 18 uh, 19 Yeah, these are big steps for from a for a young man because I know a lot of people would be like your age would be not as uh driven or determined but mostly fumble and when they end their like mid 20s that's when they start to take the shit seriously or well, some take yeah. the shit seriously way earlier so I guess you're like one of the exceptions well the real reason why I had to go that hard was because like um you know I realized that I wasted a lot a lot of time going to A level. Okay. And as a result, most of I spent most of my A level time doing comics and as a result, I failed mm-hmm. my A level. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually I actually wanted to drop out. Okay. But after my lower six. Okay, but I guess family but, was like uh, no. Yeah, yeah, they were like yeah, you can you can do whatever you want to do after this, but <laughs> the only condition that you're doing this is you are you're going to see this for yourself. You're going to find yourself we are yeah. out you know. Yeah. Which so is, uh, I had that pressure. Hmm. <laughs> the pressure uh, now was that I had to prove to them that I can make it happen and after I proved it to them they actually started supporting me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great man. You you managed to make it happen. Uh one thing I've learned or is me because now I'm older, uh, a secret that most people don't tell you is that if you deviate from a path that your family doesn't approve, if you manage to make it work, they will you know eventually come to a It's all about results at the end of the day. Yeah, true that. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's good, man. That's uh, so okay. So let's like get back to the perspective. Okay, so you're you're cooking. You're using fun, but you sustain yourself as you try to get your comics off the ground, right? Yeah. So when did you? I'm pretty sure you no longer do that cooking stuff. Yeah, I actually I actually quit the job um a month later a month after I re- released the first chapter of Paradox. Okay, when did you release the first chapter of Paradox? It was the 18th of January last year. Okay. Wow. Wait, okay. So right now okay, 18th of January last year. So that's 2019. So basically Yep. You okay at the age of you you said you're 22 right right now yes you uh, turn 22 or you're turning 23 I'm turning 23 oh you're turning 23 all right cuz that means that yep from the age of 19 <coughs> sorry it's, um so from the age of 19 to 22 you were cooking then January that's when, like when you dropped your first chapter that's when you quit your job. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, so wow. So that's like 3 3 years so I'm not mistaken. 3 years. Uh it was it was um 3 years because I, st- I started the job in uh, 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was turning 20 in that year. So yeah. Right, cool man that's uh, awesome it's awesome All right that's interesting okay so okay once you shifted from buying uh because i noticed like you as you mostly draw by yourself right you don't have you know assist you like in your comic creation yep right, cool. all right so all right let's uh explain how <coughs> you ended up uh, getting into uh paradox how did you come up with the idea what inspired you and during that time when you were cooking you know, the month you quit and start drawing your comic so you post your comic and you continue 
Okay, so like um, actually the first three chapters of Paradox date back to to 2016. Okay. Yeah, so I I think most people can tell when when it comes to the art that from the fourth chapter the art gets better because the first three chapters they were were drawn 2016, 2017. Okay. And um, the funny thing is. Some of the characters in Paradox come from a manga that I created when I was in Form 3, right? Okay. It was a ninja manga. It was inspired by Naruto, you know, oh, yeah. all of that. Yeah. So, Roko, Roko was the main character in that other manga. So, when, when I started developing him as a character, um that's when i came up with paradox so paradox uh, is actually a character driven story yeah yeah because no. the, yeah. More, the, the, the more i developed roko i realized that now instead of making this uh, some ninja thing because if if i do say so myself that story was a total naruto ripoff yeah fan fiction days yeah so I realized that I can make because he was a teen in that in that manga. So I realized that I, he he looked good when he was older, and then I had to throw some back shit towards him, and then I realized, wow, okay, this can be a standing story. And then yeah, I spent two years working on the story to completion. Yeah, it's a it's a long time. Oh, not really a long time. It's like pre-production for for. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. So when I actually when I published the first chapter, the whole story was now complete. So, mm. but I never actually wrote it down. It's all in my head. I just have important points noted down. Okay. The, the whole story in my head. Alright. Cool. Alright. So, all right. So after you did all the pre-production, then you like, so you said chapter four was uh, the new material that you had and the first three chapters were the byproduct of you drawing in 2016, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, you said that the art got better. So how was the process of uh, leveling up and uh, improving your skill? Yeah, here's the truth, my guy. Um, you know, when you get better, right? I think just drawing one page becomes harder. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah, because people now, think that when yeah. people people think that when you get better at art, it gets easier, but it actually gets harder. Because now you you've learned to do new things, you know detailing and all that stuff so now it takes me longer to draw a page than it used to just one page yeah i understand because now like you're applying new information just in that one page and uh you're kind of like going the extra mile like okay uh the way the layout is supposed to be done the way this is supposed to be drawn needs to be cohesive you know edc yeah, yeah. 
So I, I I've I have a question that the, that I always wanted to ask. Have you ever? Because I know that you're a solo man and you do things mostly. Have you ever considered partnering like with other artists, or at least maybe an assistant or someone who can help you with uh, the drawing process? Um. Okay. Uh, I actually, from now on, I'm for the next projects that I'm, I'll be working on. I actually have. Um, you've heard of Blood Sipper, right? Blood Sipper is actually a, a graphic novel adaptation of um, Sarah Blue Publishing's uh, Blood Sipper novel. Yeah. 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 So I didn't write that. And then I'm also working on another project with another writer. So, okay. from now, so from now on, I think I'll be working, yeah, working in teams, but no, not when it comes to Paradox. I will never get an assistant for Paradox. Paradox is my baby. Wow. So, the Togashi way of doing things. <laughs> yeah. As long as, as, long as uh, that, yeah, as long as that it doesn't drop, then approve the solo solo work yeah but maybe maybe i'll have a, a few collaborations for paradox here and there because people are demanding some colored pages so maybe maybe one of the collector's editions will have a colored chapter or something i'm still thinking about it though okay oh, that's cool yeah all right so, all right, I I know that, uh, what's his name, Bill, Bill Masuku has uh, given you high praise, uh, I guess, mostly for the, the speed of, uh, I guess, your your rise to, to fame, or whatever progress that you've made. Uh, so, what do you think about uh, the, the respect he has given you? Well, um, it, it's overwhelming, really, because when when I when I first got into the industry, right, I didn't really think that the comic book industry existed in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Up until I found out about Zuba. Mm. Then um, after that, you know, I actually b- before I went into Paradox, I actually tried to intern for him you know oh then yeah i did and then he gave me some advice and he told me i could do it solo and well i actually did it solo so his his respect actually means a lot because he's one of the first comic book artists that i discovered here in zimbabwe and oh he's you know he's he's a famous dude yeah. Uh, that's cool. I had, I had no idea you had interned or, you know, for for Bill. Uh, that's uh, part of the information I had no idea about. So long it actually you never went through. It, it never went through, you know. <laughs> I, so so basically what happened was um I actually emailed him and I was like, um, can I is it possible for me to like work for Enigma or get you know my book published by Enigma because I wanted to pitch Paradox to him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and, and then he was like we are not taking any pu- publications for now but you know maybe you can work as an assistant or something so he gave me a short script yeah and then he asked me to you know he, it was some pitching process you know so yeah yeah i didn't do quite bad okay it, it, it was some decent work but it wasn't good enough you know so oh okay and when so, was this like in the timeline of your career was this when you this was before paradox right yeah i it was actually during when i was uh, conceiving the idea of paradox okay whilst you're still cooking edc it was um a few months before i started cooking yeah. oh okay so way back all right yeah right. so you've had time to mold this idea into into shape uh-huh all right all right so all right so uh, give me like a bit i guess you, you a story beat of uh how things worked out because like so when you posted uh, the okay, the first three chapters in the series uh how did you how did you gain traction and like what happened because like, I, i know that you ended up at comic con as a guest and you were like you had like you were you had your own panel if i'm not mistaken okay um so like when when i when I released the first chapter of Paradox. I had already applied for what do you call this? Fencon. Okay. Yeah, the the Cape Town Comic Con. So mm-hmm. I'd already applied for that, you know. So when the first chapter of Paradox came out, I was unfortunate that I have a lot of I had a lot of um I have a lot of friends overseas right so yeah I managed to get a, a lot of a lot of friends from Canada I managed to get a lot of friends from the UK mm-hmm. then a lot of friends in South Africa Nigeria yeah so soon after that um since paradox was going so well uh Fencon gave me a panel for uh for a book launch Mm. which happened in April. Yeah. Right. So that was one down on publicity. Mm. And then I got the honor to be in another panel with Bill Tinoti mm. and uh, and the Afro Tokyo guys. And oh yeah, the the Gundis. Yeah, it was it was actually Nyasha so he was there. Yeah. Yeah, she's so quiet like this, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you still there? So man. I was like, <laughs> hey, go on, sorry. Yeah, continue. Okay, so our it was actually a thrill for me because this was only four months into my career, just four months, and I was already on stage with, with Zimbabwe's greatest talent. You know, Tinodiwa is one of the founding fathers of the comic book industry in Zimbabwe. Yeah. And Afro Tokyo, you know, Afro Tokyo is king. 
So yeah, yeah and Bill Masuge is a very well known comic book artist. So yeah. it's actually an honor. I want to ask you guys one question. Yeah, sure, ask. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you, man. Just ask the question. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I thought I was breaking up. I was like, you know, how come when people mention uh Zimbabwean <laughs> comics, they forget the all-time greats like the 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 Bali who made uh Farai or the Nugget Man guy. Like, you know, those 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 were those were the comics of our time. I don't know who I don't know who the heck that is. But he, he just zombies a Gen Z, right? A Gen Z. Aren't we all Gen Zs? Yeah, I guess me I guess we are. Wait, hey, zombie you you and wait. Okay, you're born in the 90s, right? Yep. Okay. I think Gen Zs have to be like 2000 above, right? Agents mm. are 2000s. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Every generation doesn't want to be called Gen Zs. Don't worry, we're going to be old fossils and they're going to be cool and their children are going to you know grow up and they'll be old and they'll think they're whack. So you know, it's it's a cycle. Okay, so wait, we we kind of interrupted the uh, uh zombie here who was uh alright, so yeah. So yeah, it was um the Fencon was actually a major boost for me in my career. Mm-hmm. So soon after that, um I knew I had established a fan base in Cape Town, right? Yeah. And the and South Africa as a whole, but mm. I wasn't really there yet. Okay. So after that, I kept on working on Paradox and it actually gained a lot of traction. And then so Paradox is your flagship title. Yes, yes it is. But okay. uh the way I see it right, I think Bloodsipper because Bloodsipper is already as a fan base and from a publisher it's going to do far much better than Paradox. That's my uh-huh. opinion. Okay. It's going to open a gateway for people to come um for paradox and more of my work i hope okay okay like okay, uh, so yeah so like after that um it was comic con africa september 2019 mm. comic con africa was also great i actually shared a table with um Andrew. Yeah. Andrew Mandaza. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Fine artist. Skilled fine yeah. artist. Yeah. I share Yeah, I shared a table with him. Uh, he's an amazing guy and a, a great artist. Yeah. And then um Bill was there again. Afro Tokyo was there again. Yeah. I actually had another panel with those guys mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And um Ziad manga, a South African manga car. Yeah. So it was a panel on Afro manga and then at that moment I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It's yeah. not been a like year, but I'm already being the, the... seen as a pioneer of Afro manga. Yeah. 
so yeah it was a great experience mm. and then i used a, a lot of that time to network that's when i also that's when i got the platsip but yo i met uh, i met sera blue publishing in um at comic con africa i actually photobombed photobombed bill's picture and oh, then yeah. immediately after that he introduced me to kilan herieti she mm. is the founder of of sera blue yeah so yeah ever since then yeah it's been going quite well except for the fact that yeah web webtoons took down paradox oh yeah i guess it's so it's so like the man beating the shit out of that dog is like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> holy shit <laughs> can't approve this actually the They, they did give me an option but uh, no mm. they actually said i could remove some of the corrections because i tried blurring them and then they were like blurring is not enough so i have to remove some of the unnecessary corrections and then mm. i was like there is no unnecessary scene in paradox so yeah if you can't host my comic then i might as well take it elsewhere then you you took it to tapastic so, yeah but it's only a matter of time until they rea- they also realize that it's too much hosting on your website yeah actually at the moment i'm working on a website um okay. with this other web designer that i met at comic con africa he was like okay. he wants to design my website for free so oh yeah bro get that get that free free labor man cheap labor man well hopefully <laughs> uh, it's not going to be shoddy because you don't understand I'll, i'll do it for you man don't expect me to to, to do it the way i'll do it if you paid me <laughs> <laughs> so what you want premium for free are you sure <laughs> um, so hopefully it does a good job because like uh yeah i just have to pay for maybe the hosting and stuff yeah yeah that's all i have to pay for so yeah because i know that uh the problem with uh having your content on other people's platforms is that uh unless if it's twitter i know tw- twitter is a is a twisted beast Because you could have the most uh, fucked up pornography there, but if you comment on, on political issues, someone will, like Twitter will block you. But if you if you post a selfie of you like literally jacking off, like that would that would stay. You know, it's it's a weird world we live in. Yeah. Also, Twitter. Um, I think I'm. I'll. I'll be querying twi- Twitter soon. I'm. I'm just there for the jokes and the drama. Otherwise. You, you I know, don't just Twitter that much. There's a chilled section of Twitter like if you if you make an effort cuz like you don't actually have to always follow the drama. Uh, cuz you know if you you know for me it's mostly uh, what I follow is mostly film guys, concept artists, uh, a couple of artists, you know, for the for the culture. <laughs> yeah, for me it's mostly comics but you know yeah. mm. The, the the world we live in nowadays is full of drama everyone wants to be offended by something so ish mm. <laughs> yeah in yeah. on twitter you can die for being right 
Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe the you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I, I I get you. So so would you say that? Um, okay, so based on what you have told me, it seemed like uh, most of your audience, because you were posting paradox on webtoons, right? Yes. So most of your audience was from Canada and from South Africa. So how did you, I don't know, like apart from, wait, did you make it clear that you're, what, you're from Zimbabwe or you're from Africa? Is that how you managed to get like, you know, people who are like regionally close to you, to where you live to notice your content? Because, you know, if you have South Africans liking your material, then I don't know, I feel like maybe you're resonating with that particular audience. Okay, so honestly, most people who, who who had never met me because I really don't, I never really posted pictures of myself on my on Instagram up until like Comic Con and FanCon. So most people didn't really know that I was black. Okay. They didn't know I was this young. They, mm. and they didn't know that I was from Zimbabwe. Okay. So they just judged yes. you basis that your work was good or not. Yeah. Oh, okay. And most of the South Africans actually thought I was a, a local, right? Okay. And so, yeah, because you're well, you're from Bulawayo, right? So you can speak. Uh, can you speak Zulu or, or you can speak Debele, right? Um. Yeah, Debele is my home language. Okay. And then I, I do speak solo. I do speak Seso too. Okay. I do speak Setswana. So, yeah. Okay. That's like, uh, that's more than me, man. You you got like the quadruple, <laughs> <drupal>, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So, all right. So, they, they thought that you were from, you were, you know, from South Africa, ETC. And uh, yeah. once they found out that you know you are zombie from you know from Zimbabwe Blueo uh, did the reaction like did the perception change or they, they didn't care they just still like your work because I know sometimes when people discover that oh this person you know like this since uh, I think when I was following this uh, Mache Kusiara I, I because of his art I thought he was Japanese and I realized he's a guy from Poland it's like oh Oh, no. still good. Okay. Still okay. So, <laughs> so from most people, right? Uh, it, it, their perception really didn't change, but there are a few examples. For example, there are some guys in Zambia who who were introduced to my comic by some of my fans. Yeah. And then they read it and enjoyed it. Actually, right. But the moment they discovered that it was actually by a Zimbabwean guy, their perception changed. And, the, and then they're like, hell no, this is too twisted, you know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's because of that conservative nature of Africans, right? Oh, yeah. So when they realize that oh. a black person is doing something this extreme, they're like, no, my brother, did we not get raised in the same household? <laughs> of course not. Exactly. What's wrong with you? Why, why would you assume that we we're raised the same way? It's as if like oh, oh African parents are the same. It's not true. It's not actually true. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not really true. So yeah, but for mo- for most people, um, the perception didn't change as okay. such. Yeah. Because the, the reason why I ask, because I, I I know that as much as we may not want to take it seriously, but you know, just knowing more about someone can have an either positive or negative effect on how you perceive them. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's true. Like for instance, uh, you know, uh, for the longest time when I was reading Demon Slayer, I had no idea that the the author was a woman because when you read the comic, like it feels manly, at least in terms of the shonen vibes, like manly to test on. Yeah, it is manly. So it's like, wow, this was drawn by a woman. Ah, come on, and maybe she's a bit of a tomboy. So that was my alarm. Yeah. I'm just saying that you could have just noticed that Demon Slayer was done by a woman. Uh, there are certain things that, you know, that women do better than guys, uh, mangakas, in the sense of conveying emotions. You know, men, mangakas, they can, but then, you know, if you want to feel like those deep feelings, like, you know, the real feelings, that's when you, you know, that's how the female mangakas do it better. So, you know, from the get-go, it's like, this has to be a woman because guys don't really put that much emotion into that. I, I, I totally disagree, man. We've got really emotional Japanese men out there. They're being destroyed by their long working hours. So of course they're going to break in and and express but Naruto was was super emotional. It was actually extra and unnecessarily emotional. Yeah. And also even no, even hunter good. even hunter hunter like the, the whole gone hunter x hunter yeah the the gone and uh killer relationship was you know they were they were real bros those were those were bros like you know it gets them and uh of course the alphonse and you know and eric but you know always fumir alchemist was <clears throat> written and illustrated by a woman it's funny how he decided to join and decided to talk about you know, women in manga now people thanks to you guys <laughs> yeah hey, so okay let's get back on track because I still have a couple of more questions for zombie alright so would you say that because uh, um, apart from Webtoon Webtoon was like one of your because usually when you're marketing a product or a project you have what you call, I guess multiple avenues in which people reach you so there was webtoons, then there was uh, Comic Con. How, how would you say you know, having to meet people in person? I know we can't do that right now because of the coronavirus. Though I'm, I'm not mistaken, they are they're doing a virtual con, right? Yes, yes, they are. And how is that going to work? Are, are people going to live stream? You guys do a Zoom yeah, call, some well. draw shit. They, they, they said um, they are going to give us the t- details as we go. So, so far, there hasn't been any details yet. Okay. That'll be interesting. Because, like, uh, as much as I know being there in person is awesome, uh, I also see this as an opportunity. For instance, there's this other uh, con that I wanted to go to, but I didn't manage to end up with because, you know, Zim Passport, sometimes things take forever. That to happen, um, the light box, uh, the one that uh, that's run by Bobby Chu, uh, 
concept of schoolism and you know, that badass uh, concept artist. Anyway, so they're also doing like a virtual con. So it would be nice where like, if, let's say you couldn't you know, go there in person. I'm, I'm not sure if, I don't know, I have a feeling that somehow they'll try to monetize it and you kind of have to like access the stream. I don't know, maybe it'll be for free or I'm not sure. Is, is that it with Comic-Con that like, you're going to have to pay or it's going to be like free streaming? Zombie? You have a feeling bad. No, I was asking like, do you feel like uh, uh, people are going to have to pay or it's going to be like free streaming? Or like the Comic Con South Africa. Yeah, no one has to pay. So, for exhibitors who had paid already for their tables and for like attendees who had paid for their tickets, you you either get refunded or it rolls over to next year. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Assuming that next year coronavirus will not have a resurgence. Yeah. Okay. So let's hope that it won't uh, end up being two years. You're like, oh, okay, so we'll have you guys in the next two years. Then we'll <laughs> <laughs> I mean, make sure you don't die <laughs> during that time. <laughs> or someone will take your spot. <laughs> Oh, anyways, I got straight. So I was just asking. So, how was like you know that in-person stuff benefited you? Like going to cons, networking. Does it be like that? Does it boosted your career more? Do you feel like you're doing more of that? Nice. Or do you think other people, like other con artists like you, benefit more from actually attending cons? Yeah. Actually, yes, it was a huge benefit and it posted my career more than webtoons. More than webtoons, yeah, because like, um, I think half of my followers on Instagram were people I met at cons and most of my clients are people I met at cons. I met a publisher at cons. I have two deals. I have two projects that I'm working on that are from mm. cons. Mm. And you know the most amazing thing about meeting meeting fans at cons okay. is yeah. Um, not only do they share their love their their love for you and your work, but those fans that you meet in person once they get a hard copy of your work like for example everyone who got a hard copy of Paradox doesn't read Paradox online they are now waiting waiting for the second collector's edition to come out so that they can buy it they want the hard copy they want to collect it so that's actually amazing it feels good and it's good for my pockets too Oh yeah, yeah, because you know that webtoon says it's free reading. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna ask like yeah, a controversial. Except for the ad revenue. Oh, the ad revenue. Okay, 
is the ad driven you a lot or it's you know decent peanuts right <laughs> depends on how much subscribers you tapestic the rate most people use web tools because it's the more popular one you know so yeah yeah okay so i guess if uh, any of your fans are listening buy his books it uh it is even better so guys uh, everyone is a fan of uh, zombie uh by paradox uh by the second edition by the third edition um uh, i just want to ask that copy or soft copy oh yeah <laughs> so so <laughs> So during this, uh, the, okay, before I ask my controversial question, uh, I wanted to, let me ask this first. So right now, if people wanted to physical, uh, how would they get it? Do they go to bookstores or are they being shipped? Uh, I know that like, I think what in South Africa, there is now more movement despite you know, the whole coronavirus. Like I think a lot of countries are following the lockdown restrictions because you know, people got to work. Yeah, so um when it comes to Zimbabwe, right? I still haven't figured out the means of delivery, right? But in South Africa, I'm doing like um it's available at uh Rita Stan comic book shop that is in Cape Town, right? Yeah. And then um for everyone uh, for everyone else in South Africa, I'm doing a print-on-demand. Oh, okay. So when they pay for it, it gets printed and delivered to their house whatsoever. Right. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Alright, so let me know. So when? Okay, go on. Go on. Okay, so when when it comes to Zim, I'm still I'm still weighing my options. It's just that I still haven't had someone out of now buying it. So okay. for now, I've been getting customers in Flower, so I can easily deliver it to them. So yeah. Oh, that's great. Alright, so now my not so my controversial question. So you have noticed, especially when it comes to making African art or Afro art, we always encounter the so-called purists or people who, who judge you for not, you know, doing proper representation of black people, even though, because you're also black. You know, it's like, hey, you know, if you're Asian, you should tell Asian stories. If you're white, you tell white stories. We both know that, you know, mostly because those markets have a lot of content you know you can have you know attack on titan like basically those characters are like german and uh you know you know like very like you know like a like those mangas can tell any story they want of course they'll japanize it with whatever they want but for the most part uh like if you're like a, an african comic book artist or mangaka if you draw a character or if you design something and it doesn't look black enough get judged so it's like oh it's a derivative why can't you make them black edc so you know i even noticed it because there's a time when i was uh i think i posted uh uh could like one of his uh i think it was monkey gun uh, 
like uh, Bafra Tokyo did. I posted in a group, and uh, even though yes, like the the drawings were pretty good, uh, one of the guys said like you know they they don't look black the way they're drawn. You can see I, I'm I'm pretty sure the guy was commenting he had never read like manga before because you know you know you can still have that art style, but you know regardless of that you know black people like a lot of black people look different you know Ethiopians. Ethiopians look different from most of us in Southern Africa. Like, you do, like, the varieties in terms of, like, you know, complexion. But anyways, my main, main issue is that, have you stumbled upon that, uh, I guess, negative clash? Or do you feel like it's something you should, I should tackle in your art? Where, you know, I know Paradox, most of your characters are Caucasian and white. Uh, but, you know, have you experienced that way? You have these white characters, and you're black, and the black guys or you know, African leaders are black. But wait, why are you telling a story with white people? Actually, I have a lot of times. Actually, um, I think it was ever since high school. You know, mm. especially the teachers would ask, "Why is the is it that you are always drawing this?" Because I, I used to be a hardcore fan of Dragon Ball Z, so I did a fan fiction manga of Dragon Ball Z, and then people complain, yeah, why why is it that you are drawing this white people? Why aren't you drawing, drawing black people? You should draw black people in, uh, what do you call the, the, the old clothing? In the value, call them Amapichu. What do you call, okay. call it, John? I think it's in Mumbi or something like that. Uh, my, by the way, yeah. John is pretty terrible. So I'm probably big. <laughs> so I think Mumbi or something like that. Nambi, oh, yeah, okay. so... Hey, Inyasha, you, you're the one who's actually proper Shona. Can, can you tell us <laughs> what, what it is? He doesn't hear if his mic on. He's yeah, on uh, let, let, me, let me put it on. Enyasha, do you know the proper like uh, name for the old school African like? Is it Nambe or Nubi? Old school African what? You know, like the traditional clothing that uh, black people would wear, like in Zimbabwe, like in China. What's it called? Or something like that. All right, cool. Uh, all right, cool. I, I guess I was, I guess I was right. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so people used to complain that yeah, I should do some, I should do some comics that are based on uh, Zimbabwean history and all of that. And honestly, my response to that is always, yes, the history is there, the culture is there, right? But I'll be honest, none of that interests me. I do recognize where I'm from. I do recognize my roots, but. I, I really can't tell a story based on that. It's not in me, right? And, you know, the, the problem with us black people is we keep complaining that, yeah, these artists are not drawing black comics. They are not drawing, you know, things that represent our culture. But you'll never find a white person saying, for example, um, look more over. 
great guy that one uh look mover from south africa is a comic book artist also a horror comic book artist but he also has his his flagship comic is actually tailored shaga and it tells the the story of shaga zulu right mm-hmm. but he's white but he's oh. white and his story is doing great okay yeah he's You still there? Is You're breaking up, dude? Okay, this is. I think we're having a connectivity issue with uh, the. Are you still there, dude? Probably he's gone. Ah, this is you know we're 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 talking about issue and he just had to disappear that oh that sucks well maybe Telling the tale of shaka zulu but he's white why are you drink why is the why why are you drink okay he's having network issues i'm here now oh yeah no. all right cool well, was it like what connectivity issue yeah yeah all right cool cool Oh, so you're saying that it was a white okay. guy uh, drawing a comic book about Shaka Zulu? Yes. Okay. Oh, so oh, when when they found out that it was white, no one went like, uh, "You shouldn't be drawing," you know, uh, South African. A lot of people are actually buying that book, and oh. mostly white people. Okay. You know, and there's this thing that I like about um, the white people in South Africa. They've uh, they have a huge sense of unity ah. you know so as i was saying so like um i don't know why why us as africans we try to limit each other you know because i felt like if i do like um something that i'm not comfortable with i'm not going to write a good story oh yeah i want to write i want to write horror and the, the reason why most of my characters are Caucasian, right? Uh, what I did in Paradox was I have a lot of mixed races there. There are Latina people, there's um, Black people, there's Asian people, you know. Yeah. It's mixed races. So the reason why I did that was because I know that most horror fans are white people. Yeah. So you you're making sure that you get the the demographics right. Yeah, and so like I want to see a white person die cuz I'm white. <laughs> so like um yeah. as it is now um in Comic-Con Africa, I think I only sold four copies to black people. The rest were bought by white people. Mm. So, yeah, yeah so, and the reason was because my characters weren't black enough. So true horror oh, fans were the ones, <laughs> true horror fans were the ones who were like, who were buying. Um, true horror fans who are black, yeah, were the ones who were buying paradox. Because I remember there's this other lady who came to our table and and uh, she saw Andrew's artwork and she's like, okay, 
she, she doesn't even know what Bondox is. Uh, Android this fan art post of the Bondox, and then and then that lady was like, "Okay, my child, you can buy this. We support our own." I mean, yes, we must support each other as black people, but sometimes I think this issue of racism, which uh, we bring it about ourselves. I see. Well, in my opinion, I feel like. Uh... You know, okay, it's kind of like, um, okay, I'm, I don't know the exact scientific term, but it's a complex where you have skilled individuals and people who probably like audience who want to impose their will or their desires upon someone else to fulfill their objectives. For instance, you're a comic book artist and you're black and maybe they want, you know, someone to draw an African comic book. And they see that, oh, you're black and you draw a comic. Why don't you make something, you know, that's related to my taste? Um, which I, I think that's mostly for, for African artists. I'm not sure about other races because, like, usually for other races, uh, apart from maybe, let's say, you work for, if you're like a shonen jump on the, uh, apart from the pressure you'll be getting from your editors to make, you know, work that goes. Um, most of the time you can make whatever the fuck you want uh, you know, do whatever you want write a story that you can tell uh, maybe it could be mainstream or, or niche but usually there isn't that pressure to represent your own race uh, I know that that pressure was there before like I think especially in, uh, in, in films because I know Chinese like was it Kung Fu movies a lot of you know, especially there was if you get watch like documentaries about kung fu movies in china <clears throat> and there was also a lot of propaganda in trying to i guess portray that you know chinese are strong they're not just like weak yellow men so i remember that there used to be like a stigma like you know the, the weak yellow men uh, especially in a dream you know like world war and stuff um but uh, i've noticed generally people want to vicariously experience their own fantasies through other artists so it's like if you can draw, they want you to draw something that's African because they want to see it. But then my argument, or rather, is that, you know, you can't force someone, like, who most probably won't do a good job telling the African story if that's not what they're into. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, let me play devil's advocate because, like, I'm kind of supporting you, but also I should... Uh, probably talk about the other side so all right when it now comes to african artists right um there are those who try to do it african but it might not be too african me because like the artist hasn't done that much research on culture or customs so for the most part it'll feel surface like you know shallow and there'll be you know not, not that much depth in terms of expressing any originality and there's a second thing where the artist could be technically skilled but their work is derivative like yeah as a good manga artist a comic book artist but his art looks you know like it's from the west or it's copying copying the japanese despite the fact that maybe the skill level will be at the level of a japanese artist or like a pro artist someone's very good but because it looks derivative you know people will complain so, I don't know. Do you think 
in some cases, despite the fact that yes, you do you 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 telling horror stories is your strength. People would like to some extent that you should maybe try to entertain some of the queries from naysayers. Okay, um, I actually tried to. I was okay. How do I put this? Oh, I I was coming up with a short horror story, right? And I wanted to use some of um some of Africa's myths and legends, right? Yeah. And I searched through the internet. I tried a lot of things. And honestly, <laughs> I'll say this, right? Um, with the amount of horror that I want to represent, I find that actually most cultures, like for example, the Mexican, the Mexicans and stuff, they have pretty scary horror stories compared to some of the African urban myths and legends. Okay. So as a result, I ended up <laughs> I ended up creating something um, derived from uh, it, uh, that one was actually completely original, but it uh, I was inspired by some Portuguese urban myths and legends and some Mexican so and some spanish stuff you know and because i couldn't find what i was looking for in africa oh. unfortunately but if i can you know so right now i think i'm looking into african cases you know like crime criminal cases that can actually capture my attention and i think south africa is more of those so yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay, I know that in Zim most of our intense cases are, but you no, know, most of these guys never get arrested because you know, you know they're the, they're affiliated with powerful people. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, it's avoid this political stuff. But anyways, getting back to the issue. Okay, so you said that uh, the local stuff didn't really appeal to you, or, or rather, you didn't find it as scary as the the horror stories in what Mexico etc yeah so um, yeah it really didn't pick my interest it wasn't inspiring enough to give me that give you that humped up horror story yeah mm. it didn't so, help that thing you know that thing <laughs> yeah. so would you say that like generally African folklore like some of it is missing that punch well it's yeah because i feel like you know most of these stories they were they were quite um catchy when we were younger and now oh, okay. we are so old and we can reason that much and then you you look at it and you're like nah this is this is this is something that i would ke- tell kids as a bedtime story to scare them Oh. <laughs> All right. Because I, I want to disturb people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I know, because you know, the stuff you draw is very violent, from what I've seen. 
Alright, cool. So I, I guess uh, I, I get get what you you know what you mean, like because I, I believe, like I'm, I mean, I was playing devil's advocate, but I generally believe that someone should tell something <clears throat> they come comfortable with because if you try to force it, it will show in the work, and the work won't be good. Like, I mean, yeah, of course you have people who make derivative things, but no. Hey, if they execute it well, that's you know, it can be derivative, but you no, know, well executed, so you enjoy it. Um. Anyway, so let me uh wrap up the the, the question. So I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think um made you uh like you know progress this far? Like what, like what was the key thing that your older self, like your younger self? Um, did to you know get the success? Well, what do you think was the the turning point? Like, you know, what what was the thing? You know, what what do you think that that was? Uh, I think I'm a really really. I come across as a very goal driven person, right? Hmm. a goal-oriented person so I'm that type of a person who who gets shit done when they need to get shit done yeah, so so you said you that did that was just it okay uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing so so far who would you want to thank at least for the you know in terms of like people who supported you who would you want to you know show your appreciation or like a shout out like out of like you know throughout your you know your career well you know um there's a lot of people but i think the most important are the fans okay yes the the, the, the fans you know um it's so hard when you when you're entering an industry right and you're just a newbie and there's a whole pool of comics out there. There are a lot of comic artists who are super good, who are so amazing. And then you find out that people love your work and you're just in a newbie. It's it's quite a thrill, honestly. So my fan support actually means a lot to me. But other than that, I think... Um, even though they might not know this, I always give a high level of respect to Tite Kubo. Oh, I was highly influ- <laughs> I was highly influenced by that guy, honestly. Uh, okay. Yeah, Tite Kubo uh, really influenced me. But then there's Mark Healy. Oh yeah. Those guys. Th- those guys are the not guy really with popular, the, but the YouTube channel teaches <laughs> how to draw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I learned a lot from uh, Mark Riley and Elizabeth Jimenez. Mm. So, yeah. And then, yeah, other than that, it's my friends and family. Mm. The support. And men, comic spo- the comics post community. Ah, cool. It has been a great deal of help. So, yeah. Getting, giving a lot of shout outs to everyone. Yeah, if I started listing all the people that 
<laughs> I should list I would never finish so yeah. Mm. Uh, so I, before I ask you my other question, I will say that at least from what I read because I know like your your art especially from the first three chapters like the quality transitioned and got better and better. But I what I will say at least as far from what like I have read from paradox is that um it does meet one criteria which i think is good to have in any comic or manga like the your characters have their own voice and also when you read it everything just flows like it's i guess i would say it's well written or it's very readable like you don't struggle like like some comics like even if the art is well done like um if I me mean, apart from paneling if the way it is written it feels stale or uninspiring like you feel it and it's very prevalent but with the way you write your characters like of course there's a you know criminal you know tone to it criminal thriller tone to it but like your characters you know they have their own like so like i think it's it's one of your strengths it's like it's your your comic is easy to read i don't struggle like easy get engaged in the material thank you so much yeah um the trick to that is usually um i don't write the dialogue down i actually record it on my phone i oh. record the conversations so what's <laughs> that it feels natural yeah yeah all right uh, that's cool it's uh, it's just kind of like uh doing uh what's it called uh Oh, oh, the impromptu uh dialogue like for a film like especially yeah. like sometimes when you write it in your head right you're not accounting for for instance like if you're casting <clears throat> an actor maybe they have an accent or they have a way of delivering lines or even the way they they behave or the way they look won't sound right when they say it it's like imagine uh let's say we, we got on a short snake or of Vin Diesel saying something effeminate like I don't know I'm pretty sure you would cringe you're like <laughs> yeah but like you know something that works for a particular character then yeah but uh, that's interesting and I didn't know that uh, that's that's your process but I yeah yeah the, the, the real reason I did that right when I imagine paradox I never imagined it is in animated thing if it ever gets a tv show i mm-hmm. always imagined it as a live mm-hmm. action tv series oh okay i say you move all that anime bullshit yeah because you know you know the anime people they they talk yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. uh, cool Yeah, that's that's interesting so i guess I, i i pointed out something and it seems like your methodology shows there's one thing about art or at least from what i've known is even art or design um if you're putting in the work or if you're working on a specific aspect it will show like in the actual end product so yeah uh, keep, keep keep it up you know you know keep a uh, i'm pretty sure you got a, a long way to go you're because I know that um, especially when you're young guys you get old days you know, go through instructional videos you learn you study anatomy 
like uh, you know, you you level up, and I'm pretty sure by the time you're like right now, you're 22, right? Yeah. By the time you turn 25, 26, I'm pretty sure you'd be like a beast, and you're probably gonna be looking at your old and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I was drawing that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do absolutely do. Yeah. So um so okay so my final question is uh, so what do you see happening like for your future what what is the projection of uh, your you know, uh, your future as an artist Mr T Zombie um well I always love this question because I always say this one day. Some of these books today, was, I'm, I'm actually hoping Netflix will knock on my door for an, for an adaptation of any of my stories because I'm here to write a lot of good stories. But yeah, for now, the focus is um, establishing my ground in the horror comic book scene. And yeah, I want to be a pioneer in the horror genre across Africa because I realized that there's not a lot of horror comics in Africa. Mm. Yeah, there there is some in Nigeria and then in South Africa I think look more over the guy who does uh, the Shaga Zulu comic. He has, yeah. has a horror comic that is titled uh, Sunday Slave. Mm. Yeah, other than that I don't think I've never met anyone else who does horror comics. Oh, and there's also you. How could I forget? There's also oh, yeah. you. Well, we're, we're still <laughs> working on the on the project, but uh, the only, okay. So basically, okay. So Bloody Mika, which is the, the project he's talking about, uh, is uh, okay. I'm doing a self. So what's it called? A shameless plug <clears throat> to my own shit. <laughs> yeah. It's so, okay. It's fine. Yeah, so it's a, it's a project uh, that I'm working on. Uh, it's basically like a, a supernatural action horror. Uh, I guess you call it a, a dark shonen. Uh, like the same way you'd say Full Metal Alchemist is shonen, but it's, it's dark. It's not like, you know, typical. So anyways, uh, I won't delve too much into it because, you know, uh, you know zombie is the, the spotlight of this episode. Uh, but uh, it's a it's a project I've been working on. I'm doing like pre-production planning and stuff because I've uh, kind of like you know one of those like when you started working on something back in the day, uh, do, then you you know after a while you know you, you learn new things and you realize no the way I was doing it was wrong. Change this and that. So doing like an, a total overall like redesigning the logo, doing like a few like, corrections of the character design. Um, so. Basically, I'm not going to be drawing this by myself. Uh, there's a friend of mine who will be drawing the characters. This guy called Kevin Tabami, a friend of mine from from high school. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a really good artist. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, once he's like uh, back from university, because he's at MSU doing his like dissertation and shit. So I think uh, on the 8th of August, that's when we officially start. We'll be done with the script and we'll be drawing it I'll be handling uh, prop design and background art that's my specialty um, uh, yeah that's the area where I excel so I'm very good at drawing backgrounds you know props CTC and yeah there's a lot that I learned from like studying film and also doing design so I'll be applying that 
so that's like a, a project that I'm working on. Uh, yeah, so demons, supernatural stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's Bloody Mika. It, it'll, it'll, yeah, I'll share that in the in the near future. But uh, for them, for now, it's just pre-production stuff. Trying to make sure you know it, it's good. At least we managed to think it through before we committed to actually drawing it. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's nice, man. So, like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. so far, I think, mm. yeah. Other than that, mm. yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm also hoping to do, to delve into other genres other than horror. Yeah. As it is right now, spoiler alert, I'm actually working on a, a fantasy novel, graphic uh-huh. novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've so, posted some, some art, right? The, the cover in, in the comics post group. Yeah, that's the one. Actually, I, mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't announced it because... Um, before that, uh, the writer mm. only commissioned for the cover and the character designs. Mm. And after she made up her mind about um, doing the graphic novel, so it's a collection of three books, right? Okay. She's a novel writer, so it's a collection of three books. So she wants the first one to be a graphic novel. Okay. Change. Mm. So after after seeing the character de- designs and the cover that I did, she was like, like "Okay, I think I'll hire you for the um, for the graphic uh-huh. novel. I'm going to do the graphic novel." So yeah, uh-huh. it's my first non-horror thingy that I will be doing. It's <laughs> good, man. It's, it's good to diversify, you know, your portfolio, and try out new things. You never know what what, what could be your next, uh, you know, big thing. Yeah, um, by the way, after Paradox, I'm going to, I'm going to do a, um, a short graphic novel. Mm. It's for, it's, it, the, the graphic novel was actually, the idea was actually conceived around the same time as Paradox. Okay. So, so this, is, this is your other baby. Yeah, this is my other baby. And... I actually wanted someone wanted us to partner up. We did partner up, but the moment they started making changes that I didn't like, I was like, "Nah, let's forget this." Oh, okay. I mean, oh, so because um, because yeah. that one is um is a post is a post apocalyptic um comic. Oh, okay. so yeah. So it's then that be person I wanted to make it happy. Yeah, she actually wanted. It's actually a female artist, and she actually wanted to add more, more unnecessary characters because this is a, a, a dystopian future. There's less people now. Then she wanted to add a lot of characters that was going to change the narrative and destroy the whole story completely. And I was like, nah, I think I'm fine by myself. If you don't want to be to help me with the drawing then nah because I, I don't a, want anyone touching that story <laughs> yeah. so she wanted a bigger piece of the pie it's like I don't just want to yes I want to write was this, 
was this writer like was she hot yes <laughs> oh, so, oh, oh okay uh, not that it matters but uh <laughs> it matters it matters a lot because if she wasn't hot then and she was trying to change it. or maybe she wasn't hot and then you're just trying to be nice she actually was hot and <laughs> she oh, yeah, was actually, actually a, poten- a, a potential she was a potential girl- girlfriend but after that <laughs> Don't you know, no. do, not, do not eat where you shit, okay? Don't eat where you shit. <laughs> work and, and, and pleasure do not mix. I don't know what type of hentai you've been watching, but work and pleasure do not mix. Also, I want to Yeah, they do not question. mix. We actually we actually forgot about the whole working together thing. We are we are very good friends, but mm. we don't resonate when it comes to work. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I get you. I wanted to ask how, how long do you intend paradox to be like how many chapters do you intend it to be is it like 300 uh, per- one piece paradox is 40 chapters long 40 chapters long yes you you have covered chapters so far huh how many chapters have you covered so far Last night I published the 17th chapter and I'm already done drafting the 18th chapter. I'm starting the pencils tomorrow. Okay, so technically speaking we have 23 chapters left before it ends. We yes, 23 chapters left. Okay. So, oh, that's interesting. And, um, do your three fans chapters know this? For the, do your fans three chapters for they 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 don't they actually know that there's only three chapters left of for this uh for this current arc oh, so i think they think so, so basically well, if your fans were listening to this they'll get an inside scoop that you got like 23 chapters left yes because so, for now i think they are thinking that after these three chapters that i left her out it's over oh okay But no it's not over it's All not right. over just yet nah. ah, cool. oh. i guess uh, there's still a lot of missing things i'm pretty sure you know that there's a lot of missing stuff and unanswered questions mm. uh, reading cool. the book. like what in the hell gave you the mind or what possessed you to create that scene where the dog <laughs> was like I think you should make it a meme like in the bad scene because out of all the violent scenes that's the one that I never forget <laughs> it just fucks up that dog <laughs> yeah out of all the scenes like you know the first scene was you know it was like an introduction to this girl but then that dog scene I was just like dude what the hell is wrong with this like this guy knows a thousand ways of torturing people oh, you're always asking about that scene yeah it's got to you huh? so um actually that scene was inspired by um what's this movie i think it's ter- yeah it's titled uh loving pablo okay yeah so they it's actually a torture method that they used on 
on this guy but it was a cartel yeah so cartels are rough my guy (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's what happened so i was like man actually when i first saw that scene i didn't think i'd have any use for it but later on i was like i think this is quite an interesting way to kill someone and it was okay it sound <laughs> yeah it sound, it's, it's, it sound like it's okay right now all right so um yeah so anyways uh it's kind of getting late so i wanna wrap up the show pretty sure you're you're busy and you've got like a lot of work to get back to i'm sure you once we're done with the stream you're you're drawing or are you gonna go to bed Oh, I was actually tra- drawing this entire time. But drawing all this, oh, so you you, ma- you mastered the ability to multitask. Yeah, usually when I'm penciling, usually I usually do the toilet washing. So yeah. All right, cool. All right, cool. Anyways, uh, I think. Uh, uh, Nyasha, do you have any more questions you want to ask him before we... Yeah. Got a few questions. The issues in sick to calm your nerves, okay? Secondly is... Um, oh, it's actually another question. Like, if this thing is ever to be made into an animation, uh, how many episodes are you seeing? Because from what I am from, you know, from the way it's laid out, I'm seeing maybe a 12th episode animation. Yeah, for the current arc, I'm also seeing like 12 episodes. So I think if we, if it was to be animated, it would have uh, two two seasons, each 12 episodes. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's how I was, when I was reading it, that's how I was kind of envisioning it. Uh, other than that, I don't think I have any, you know, my co-host kind of, you know, took the lead and most of these things. So all the questions that i wanted to ask probably he has said them already uh the ones that i was going to ask were going to be you know to non-pc or non-pg for our child-friendly audience so today i kept my mouth shut and i am proud of myself you guys should be clapping your hands <laughs> well done yeah, and I'm holding my dick, so I'm not gonna clap. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So, anyways, uh, I guess uh, let's call it a night. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is uh, the Band and Gundi podcast. Good night. He does not stand for blowjob. <laughs>